you are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after what was a night that just never quite got off the ground, it seemed, for the Atlanta Braves. They lose it 8-1 to to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Spencer Strider was on the mound, didn't pitch altogether that poorly. The Braves offense, though, they did not find the results that they were looking for on this night against a rookie, making his major league debut, no less. We'll get into all of the particulars of the pitching matchup, the struggles of the offense, and get you set up for Game 3 of the series as well here on the postcast. Before we go any further, though, I want to remind you, subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. And make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. And if you dare, hit that like button. We appreciate that. Tell a friend if you enjoy the show. We try to bring you as many of these as we can uh, throughout the course of the season. Even, unfortunately, Jake, on nights like this, you know, I can't lay this at the feet of the start that we got from Spencer Strider, though the Braves did end up giving up eight total runs on the night. But you look at the run column for Atlanta, one run on this evening. That probably wasn't going to be enough to get the job done against this L.A. Dodgers team. Yeah, you can complain about, you know, the pitching, giving up eight runs, however you want, you know, as loud as you want to. But if you're only going to score one, it's not going to do you much good. And offense just had some opportunities in this one, but could not capitalize, couldn't come up with that big hit and put that big inning together. And again, the pitching late did let things get away. Yeah, as you know, you probably needed a couple of big innings if the Dodgers are doing the kind of things they were. It was a five-run ball, or five-one ball game, I should say, until late, but uh, then the Dodgers did that thing that Jake talked about, adding on, which is something the Braves very much need to do as they go through not just this series, but maybe kind of reversing that trend. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's jump into the line score, game number 48. Dodgers now 31-19, and best record in the National League belongs to them after beating the Braves in back-to-back games and taking the series, no less. Eight runs, nine hits, one error, seven men left aboard for the Dodgers. Braves 29-19, and a run on five hits, a couple of errors. Both belong to Matt Olson. We'll talk about those. Six men left on base, and Bobby Miller picks up the win. Five innings of one-run ball in his major league debut. Struck out five. He is now 1-0. and Spencer Strider, a tough luck loss, I would say, for him. Four and two on the year. We'll get into that in a second. Two hours, 48 minutes, 36,731. Paid to see it at Truist Park. Uh, Spencer, you know, he gave up an early run, then gave up a home run in the second. So it looked like maybe he was teetering just a bit. Then an error, I felt like, kind of undid the second inning for him. It forced him to throw 15 extra pitches. It resulted in two unearned runs scoring. uh, And it was just Matt Olson having kicked the ball away at first base with a chance for a 1-2-3 inning from Strider that became anything but, unfortunately, for the Braves' righty. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are going to look at this line and think that Spencer Strider really struggled in this one. I I thought this was one of his more dominant starts, especially after those first two innings. I mean, he was extremely dominant, maybe the best we've seen him in the month of May so far, which has been somewhat of a struggle for him. But I I thought he looked really good overall in this one. I thought the really one mistake he made on the night was the slider that he hung to Will Smith that drove in a couple of runs. It just it did not have that sharp break on it. It just really set right there over the middle of the plate being you know begged to being hit and will smith a good hitter uh did just that so that to me was really the one big mistake for him on the night and again it came after that air should have been out of the inning made a really good pitch to mookie Betts that could have yep. gone either way that was called a ball as well 
I know Spencer Strider is one of the most mentally tough guys out there right now. I don't know that that's going to affect him, but at some point that's going to affect everybody. When you got an error in that inning, you got a, a close pitch that maybe you felt should have gone your way to end the inning. And then things just kind of spiraled after that, like I said, and then he left that pitch up to Will Smith. But outside of that, I thought he was really good in this game. I mean, everything was sharp. I mentioned that slider and he made the mistake one to Will Smith, but he still had 14 lifts on 21 swings against that slider tonight. I mean, this was dominant stuff from double digit strikeouts. I mean, this was, I thought, was a, a very good version of Spencer Strider. He deserved a better line yeah. than what he got. Uh, but overall, I was encouraged. Again, especially from that second inning on, I thought it was the Spencer Strider that we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah, I believe I said one, two, three inning in the second. That's not true. 11 pitch inning is what it could have been. Jason Hayward hit the first pitch out of the ballpark, which is you know not something that you kind of expected to hear in recent years. But this looks like a resurgent Jason Hayward. Uh, out in Los Angeles, but be that as it may, there were a lot of extra pitches that had to be thrown by Strider in that frame, and clearly that keeps him from being available to go deeper into the game in addition to kind of opening Pandora's box against the Dodgers, and Will Smith did make him pay with that two-run double. It was a three-run second. The Dodgers at that point were up by a four-to-one score. That was all the damage they did against Strider. Two of the four runs were earned, six innings, five hits, three walks, 11 strikeouts. That's the 10th double-digit strikeout game in Spencer Strider's career. 104 pitches, 70 strikes for him. And I saw on the broadcast, you know, I was I was at the game, but, you know, they show you the up-close and personal conversation that seemed like that he was having with Brian Snitker, uh, you know, at the end of six. I don't know if he was lobbying to go back out for the seventh. I don't think that was going to happen. But you could just tell that he wasn't thrilled about the overall performance on the night. And, uh, you know, Spencer Strider is a guy that's got very high standards for himself every fifth day when he goes out there. Yeah, and like I said, it's been a bit of a struggle for him now in the month of May. He hasn't been nearly as sharp as he was. I know he had an ERA over four in May coming into this start. So, yeah, you're right. I don't think he's completely happy with where he is right now and the performances that he's having, which for most pitchers I think would be really good, but the high standard that he sets for himself he knows he can be better, and I think he knows he needs to be better with where this rotation is right now. And I'm sure, yep. you know, it's, it's frustrating for him to not able to be able to step up and be that ace that the Braves need him to be with Max Fried and Kyle Wright out as well. So I'm sure that's part of it. But again, I thought overall, when you looked at the stuff that he had, and again, especially after that second inning, I thought he was, you know, just as dominant as we've seen him. Yeah, it's kind of been a little bit of up and down for him. I mean, he had the rougher start against the Mets, and then, of course, last time out was not the way that he wanted it to go. Uh, but the start against the Toronto Blue Jays, I thought, was terrific. So, you know, he, it's still all in there. And Spencer Strider, I do feel like way more times than not. I mean, this is not somebody who's routinely leaving every third start in the second inning because he ran into trouble and can't figure out a way to get out of it. Even on the nights where he does give up a crooked number, he seems to find a way to get through five or get through six and that, of course, as you mentioned, Jake, is going to be helpful for the starting rotation, especially uh, to do its part for this bullpen, which seems to be about as taxed and as maxed out as it can be right now. But uh, we'll discuss the bullpen a little bit later. And, of course, we'll get into some of the things going on for the Atlanta offense or that were not going on for the Atlanta offense on this night. But this episode of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time's a fast and easy way to buy tickets to all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over your tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have at your chosen event. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, unfortunately for the Braves, they had the lowest run total in this game, and that was 
you know, a, a night where you felt like, and we've seen, I, I think the trend has been when the Braves face somebody making their major league debut in recent years, and this didn't feel like the team I grew up on in the 90s, I'll point that out, it seemed like they'd kind of get to these guys. Maybe the first time through, the young kid might figure out a way to maybe get the best of the Braves, but it was not the case for Bobby Miller tonight. He was able to get through that first time, only allow the one run in the first, and then he was able to kind of settle in across five innings. He punched out five uh, Braves on this night doing their offensive damage with an Austin Riley double. I thought that was a great thing to see, a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, 112 miles an hour off the bat of Austin Riley. He picked up the run batted in on that double. Sean Murphy, one for three with a walk. Ozzy Albies, a couple of, I think, uh, encouraging swings from the left side there, two for four night with a double. Uh, the hitting streak, meanwhile, of Marcelo Zuna came to an end with an 0 for four in this game. And and then I, I think that, you know, for Matt Olson, this would be a night he'd like to forget. 0 for four, two strikeouts, two errors. Second one, not really as big of a problem as the first one was, but none of it seemed to be very fun. Yeah, it wasn't a very fun night for anybody in this one, honestly. And I think you do have to get a lot of give a lot of credit to Bobby Miller and that Dodgers pitching staff. I mean, it seemed like he was in a lot of three-two counts, and every time he made the perfect pitch to get it out. I mean, he just, he just executed in the big moment. So I give a lot of credit to Bobby Miller and again that Dodgers pitching staff as a whole. But it is frustrating this Braves offense. Just it, again, we talked about it yesterday getting an early run and then just kind of going silent for a while. And unfortunately this time they went silent for the entirety of the rest of the game. So uh, a very frustrating night offensively for pretty much everybody in this lineup, not named Ozzy Albies. And as you said, Austin Riley had a good hit as well. And Sean Murphy almost uh, busted a long running all the way home on the score in that run as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, good pitching by the Dodgers. I do want to give them credit, but also just a really tough night for the Braves offensively. Yeah, four runs in the first inning in game one of this series. They've scored three runs, Jake, in the last 17 innings since then. 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position mm -hmm. tonight and leaving six men on base. So as you mentioned, you know, no real reason to belabor the point. But the Braves have not been able to get the hits when they've had the opportunities. And there have been some. Atlanta mm -hmm. has just struggled to find the hits at the times they need them most. So now you have back-to-back -back series that the Braves won that it felt like maybe you're starting to build some momentum. You go to Texas, you take two out of three from a Rangers club that's pretty good. You take two out of three from the Mariners to start the homestand. Then the Dodgers come in, overcome the four-run advantage the Braves had in the first inning of Game 1, and then turn around and put eight more runs on the board in Game 2. Uh, I don't know that you need me to tell you this, but I will anyway. The Braves need to figure out a way to win behind Bryce Elder, avoid a sweep against this Dodgers club, and kind of get this homestand back on the right track. Yeah, no, I mean, goes without saying, you, you got to win on Wednesday to try to salvage something in this series. And it's a two-game sample size, but the Dodgers have looked a lot better than the Braves, is I guess the nicest way that I can say that. Yeah. So the Braves just need to get back to playing good baseball, uh, need to get a good start from Elder. I mean, I thought it was a good start from Strider on this yeah. night. An error really kind of hurt him in this one, but get a good outing from Elder get a complete offensive game where they just don't go silent for three, four or five innings or in the case of Tuesday night going silent for eight innings. So really need to see that from the Braves on Wednesday, like you said, to try to salvage a game in the series as they go into a four game set with the Phillies. Yeah, it would be pretty big. I'll set up the game two, or excuse me, the game three pitching matchup after I tell you this episode is brought to you by so rare, a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards, featuring players from across all 30 major league teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. You collect, you buy, you sell, and compete with your player cards against global opponents to win rewards. And win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. 
Head to SoRare.com slash locked on to draft your team of free player cards and set your lineup and start competing today to win those rewards. SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Wednesday's game three against the Dodgers, 721st pitch at Truist Park. It is right-hander Bryce Elder. He's 3-0 on the year, ERA just over two. Tony Gonsolin, meanwhile, 2-1 on the year, ERA just over one. We know Tony Gonsolin pretty well based on the battles between these two teams, particularly in October the past few years. The Dodgers, they may be struggling to find some uh, pieces to fit into their rotation, but it looks like they're turning to Tony Gonsolin to just continue to be one of the guys that helps them get it done. Meanwhile, I don't know that any guy has helped the Braves starting rotation get it done more than Bryce Elder this year, particularly when you remember he was optioned to AAA in the middle of March and was the opening day starter for Gwinnett, and now he's going for his fourth win already this year, Jake. Yeah, he's obviously been great. We've talked about him a lot to the point where, as you said before, he's no longer the unsung hero because we sing his praises all the time. But if the Braves are going to win on Wednesday behind Bryce Elder, going to have to play some good defense because this is a guy who relies on a lot of weak contact, balls in play. You know the Dodgers are going to put the ball in play, so you got to see the Braves clean things up on defense. It wasn't pretty on Tuesday, and quite honestly, looking at the stats and even just what you're seeing with your eyes, it hasn't been great for most of this year. So you got to see the Braves pick things up on defense, play a clean game. It's what it's going to take to beat a team like the Dodgers. We haven't seen that yet in this series, so they're due for one. Hopefully it comes on Wednesday. Yeah, hopefully Wednesday is indeed that, a day for a win behind Bryce Elder. He's 3-0 on the year, Tony Gonsolin 2-1, and and Wednesday is the finale of this three-game set. Braves will try to avoid the sweep against the Dodgers. Again, a 7.20 p.m. first pitch Eastern time at Truist Park. That'll bring us to the end of this edition of the Braves Postcast. As always, we appreciate you joining us here. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified to know every time we drop a new episode here. And make sure you subscribe to Locked on Braves. Wherever you get your podcasts, you will get every edition of this postcast, as well as all the great stuff Jake has for you all year long. Once again, the unfortunate score on Tuesday, 8-1 to Dodgers over the Braves. We'll be back after the finale on Wednesday. Until then, he's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley. So long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 